0: Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Glasgow Motorway Archive podcast. I'm Stuart Baird. And I'm John Hassel. You're joining us for part two in our special series of podcasts looking at the history of the A9, one of Scotland's most important truck roads. Uh, you'll remember from part one that we discussed the section between Stirling and Perth in detail and we give you a broad overview of the history of the entire route from Edinburgh all the way up to Thurso. So on this episode, we're joined again by Duncan McKnight, our resident expert on the A9 and Glasgow Motorway Archive member. Welcome again, Duncan. That's Hello. me. How are we doing? No, it's I'm good to see good. you again, and John. Likewise, good to see you again. Yeah, you as well. All good. Now we're not going to hang about in this because there's a vast amount of information to yes. get through. So, Part two. S- one hour. One in. hour is not long enough. Let no. me tell you. Now, for the benefit of the listeners, for part two, we're going to discuss the 1970s and 80s upgrade of the section of the road between Perth. And Inverness, mm-hmm. we're then going to talk about the duelling of that section, which is very much on the agenda at the moment. Yes, and we're then going to get a wee bit of an overview of the section between Inverness and Thurso, uh, particularly looking at like Keswick Bridge, Dornoch, yeah. and Cromarty, because these yeah. are very important sections. And we might even throw in a wee mention of the Berrydale Braes upgrade that opened just. Yeah, just was going to say fantastic. I've not yeah. driven it yet, but oh. I'm sure you've been on it,
1: Duncan. Oh, it's good fun.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. So, last time then, we finished with a wee discussion about Broxton Roundabout and, and what we think we, we should do there to improve that. Yes. So, we're going to move north from there then. Now, Broxton Roundabout, we mentioned, was constructed as part of the Perth, Western Bypers. As Bipers.
2: part of the M90. Yes, right. put it in there. And then we had the A9 to Stirling being Mm dueled. And then we've got the the new section that goes from Broxton to Inveramond. And that was called the Perth Western Bypass Scheme. Okay. Okay. This was opened on the 17th of September 1985 on a design by Tayside Regional Council. And it was... Built by Morrison's Construction. Well, that's quite recent. Morrison's
0: Construction. Yeah,
2: yeah. It, those are
1: the same people that built the M9
2: spur.
0: Yeah, indeed, that, that's quite quite yeah. late. Nineteen eighty-five. I I thought that would have been done before that. Yeah, Actually, yeah,
2: it so. did take it did take a little while. I think the farmer what the road passes was not too happy with it. Oh right, okay, okay. So we've we got go him to out him. the way. <laughs> I um, didn't, there's one little, one little bit of trivia that i found when researching this, is that the the junction in the middle of the Perth Bypass, where it goes over the A85... Yeah,
1: what's that junction called? It's
2: the the A85 junction. A85. It's, <laughs> it's, it's something like that. <laughs> How catchy. Um, the thing I found about it is that the slip roads lead, connecting to the A9 were not built as part of the A9. They were added in later due to lower traffic or... L- Less of a traffic demand, oh. so they were opened on the in April 1987. Right, so that was only a couple of years after. So yeah, they, they quickly put there. these things in. Yeah. Right,
1: they had the bridge there with the intention of having the slip roads.
2: I in. assume so. Yeah. Right. Okay. If you go past that area now, there is a lot of. They have been moving stuff around for yeah. the Perth futures per tra- bypass, bypass. transport uh, futures transport futures yeah and a new junction was put in there recently
0: for that is that right
2: they've stuck a big bit onto the junction they've closed a couple of the slip roads and they've uh, added another sort of section of road going up to where they're Scheme will yeah. be and so. This, this is, is the easy bit.
0: It's kind of that. It's almost a northern bypass of Perth, isn't Pretty it? Pretty much, that's, yeah. Because
2: yeah. Perth is now starting to grow yeah. north now. Yeah, so.
0: and that's all funded by City Deal. Now we're not going to go into that in any detail. That might be something we discuss when we do our next visit to the City Deal projects that are happening yeah. across mm-hmm. Scotland. Uh, so anyway, back to, back to the A nine there then. Mm. Um, the that section was. It, was it duelled at that point? Was it, it always was, dual carriage? It was at
2: that point, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. It was built as dual carriage.
0: And, and I take it prior to the construction of that bypass, the
2: original E 9 basically went straight through Perth? Straight through Perth, yeah. You can still follow it to this day. And the A93 coming off Broxton is the original line of it. Okay. And then you get sort of lost in the tangle of streets at Perth. Oh,
0: okay. right. So, okay. Yeah. You sort of went that. in
2: and then went up through Perth.
0: Right. Now you hit up around about At Inver-Armond, uh, Inverarmond, yeah, don't you? Mm-hmm. Now was that the end of that section? That, that was the that was
2: the top of the Perth bypass. Okay. Yeah. So there was a wee stub built when Inverarmond was built. Yeah. Now Inverarmond to Ardullie or Perth to Ardullie was taken up as a sort of a major project upgrade. It was uh, the I'll get my notes up here, so I'm not going uh, so
1: This is the first. This is the first section of dual carriageway north was, of Inverarmond. Yeah. And then it goes to single carriageway, roundabout, kind of uh, Lunkety, yeah. whatever The it is. The
2: history of this bit can be taken up with the whole sort of Perth-Inverness rebuild, which happened between 1972 and 1986, which is Perth-Inverness. to Perth, Starlet, Perth Inverness. Tell me about that. Why, why did that come about? How did it come about? Well, the road from Perth-Inverness, as you heard from the last podcast, was last done in 1925. Mm. And it was single carriageway, it was good did its job but as people started to go north and tourism started to increase yeah uh, the oil boom happened and there was a the accident rate on the old road started to go up Mm -hmm. and there was a need for something better something more reliable something faster because they could be affected by accidents could be affected by weather particularly snow Mm -hmm. it could be uh, you once you got into a a train, a traffic train, as mm-hmm. I got stuck behind something. And you were pretty much stuck behind it because there was no Joe Carriageway. Yeah. You went through all the towns and villages. You went up and over all these narrow bridges. It was not the fastest way north. It was a good road, but it wasn't fast. Yeah. And so that's I'm, what we needed.
0: A journey from Perth to Inverness was probably it was pretty a, long-winded. It went through a lot
2: of towns. I yeah, three, three and a half hours. My father remembers it, and he says it was right in about three, three and a half hours. Go off. Okay. And, to and what,
0: I, what would it be in today's standards? Uh,
2: today, it would be just under two hours. Right, okay. do and when the dual day.
0: carriageway comes along, probably come down to about an hour and a half, maybe
2: it will go down to about an hour and 40 minutes. So right, we, okay. so you will save 20 minutes of driving, yeah. So, okay,
0: so, so yeah, Let's so it's quite an improvement yeah. then, yeah. yeah now, th- this project, yes, what is often referred to as the Highland
2: Highway, the Highland Highway, it? yes,
0: and it's almost the it's Perth to Inverness's equivalent of the motorway era. Mm -hmm. In the central belt. So when we were looking at new routes for the M8 and the M74 and the M73 and all these routes, improvements to the A9 were also being looked at. And this whole section of A9, basically from Perth Inverness, was a new road built on a new alignment, uh, bypassing countless towns and cost... A lot of money. A little over
2: £200 million back in 1986. Yeah, and that,
0: a, lot yeah. a lot of money. A lot of money for something yeah. like this. It's, I mean, now
2: it would be it would be the whole budget of the government to do something like this. Yeah,
0: now £200 million was the cost envisaged in the highway plan for Glasgow in 1965 of what it would cost to build the entire scheme there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah, that's a lot of money. It is mm-hmm.
2: a lot of money. Okay, right. Shall I give you a bit of background as to the standard set? this road Are yeah they, sure yeah they? okay so in 1972 the scottish development department who said okay let's get this road rebuilt along with the building of the bridges at Kessick and Cromarty, yeah they also said okay let's get this rebuilt so they set up the a9 project team in 1972 okay and these were a collection of guys to coordinate everything mm-hmm. to make sure to rebuild the existing road to cause as little disruption to the existing road as possible and to get it done as quickly as possible. Okay. okay. So it was a sort of modern day equivalent kind of of the A74M. Yeah. How quickly that was done? So mm-hmm. who this project team then, who who was
0: involved in that was it was it local authorities or was it you know was it, it Scottish was Scottish several
2: officials it or? was several consulting engineers and a couple of uh, sort of agent authorities for mm-hmm. Scottish development department who yeah. brought mm-hmm. forward to say look let's get this thing done okay. as quickly as possible. Um the, the standards that were set for the technically minded people was for this new road, you must build it as a 60 mile an hour full sight overtaking distance. Yep. It's got to have 450 meter sight distance. <laughs> laybys every one kilometer where possible.
0: Yep.
2: Uh, a culvert's minimum of 900 millimeter in diameter. So that's the pipes that go under the road. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, a minimum frost free depth of 450 millimeters. That's basically how thick the pavement is. Yeah. And maximum gradients of around about 4%. So, this this is is for this single carriageway. This is a
0: very high standard section of road, almost motorway standards, but for a single carriageway road being
2: built. Now, I imagine a lot of people are screaming, Well, why didn't they duel the blooming thing? Because it's taking ages to duel it. Well, (laughs) yes, I was going to ask that. At the time, the the traffic figures did not warrant this thing being dueled. Now, that caused a bit of controversy. Because we so were at saying, the time well, you were getting an old narrow single carriage and we're getting a wide single carriage. Why don't we get a dual carriage? You know, yeah. Aberdeen are getting a dual carriage. We've yeah. got a motorway down south. Why don't we get a, mm-hmm. um And it was just, there was not enough traffic on the road one to thing, justify that.
0: Yeah, one thing okay. about it that's always stood out to me is I think that they were short-sighted in that they didn't allow for future dueling of the route. You know, so mm. they've said, okay, it doesn't warrant it now, but I think they should have so- shown a bit of foresight and said, but the earthworks that we're going to do are going to enable the addition of a carriageway
2: down down the line. They did say to them, uh, make sure that you make allowance for adding in a second carriageway later. So all these big bends and curves and things, they're all sort of dual carriageway standard. Right, okay. So So they're done with a very, very high standard.
1: Right, yeah. I see. So, so mo- mostly it is like that. But it is. But then I'm, I'm kind of, I'm going to really jump the gun mm-hmm. here, guys. But then I'm thinking with this current dueling project that look at the A9, and then surely that should be very cheap and easy. But it doesn't but it's seem not, to be. No. But it's not. Yeah. So the know, alignment is there. The structures are not. And,
2: That's the thing. But
1: yes, I was going to, and also
2: the standards are probably a lot yeah. different now. Because if you look at the A96, be. they're having to rebuild all of that. <clears> yeah, it's offline expressway. It, yeah. 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 So. Why we're probably thinking why are the dual carriageway sections where they are? Okay. because they 'cause they're not random. No the way are they random because this is all done with uh, precision.
0: How, ma- how many dual carriage I'm thinking
2: of the original road. The then, original road. How
0: many sections of dual carriage were yeah. there? About eight.
2: eight. Seven or right. eight. Well yeah. fair of do- re- of varying lengths. Yeah. yeah. So why
0: don't we work north northwards then? Take us northwards from Environment yep. and let's talk about a minute. And as we get to each of these main dual carriageways that mm-hmm. were part yeah. of the original section, yeah. tell us why they yeah. were built as dual carriageway. Okay. Oh,
2: there's another little thing that I would like to throw in there. All right, go for it. If anyone's noticed, the curbs on the side of the A9, they were also unique. Okay. The curbs with wee bumps on them. Oh, I right, Have yeah. you all seen them? Yes. They're the TRRL, the Transport Road Research Laboratory, yep. reflector curbs. Mm-hmm. Now, these were oh. thought up in 1967 to say, right. well, why don't we do this curb and it reflects traffic, traffic so uh, have headlights. So what, have they
1: got, like, little um, reflectors on them, like strips like what you see on signs? No. no. Okay. All
2: they've got is two little... Sections that sit on the curb and they yeah. cast a shadow. Now, it, this didn't really work. If you but want they to see, them,
0: for anybody who's
2: maybe in the Glasgow area
0: who maybe would like to see what they look like, if you drive a section of the A725 Belsall bypass, you'll see a similar concept there. Yeah. Mm. And on the A73 south of Lanark, heading out towards bigger. Uh, and the M74, if you're heading south, I believe they were also used out there, and you can see them in that part of the world as well. See,
1: I, I'm not a curb expert, but I know the
2: things you guys yeah. are talking about. The and I always thought Kelty rum- Bypass has got them as well on the M90.
1: Yeah, I, this, I thought they were for, originally, I thought they were <laughs> for, um, they were a rumble feature, a safety feature or something, they're, but, they're, but no. They're here.
2: also sort of there to deter people sitting on the grass and ah, going yeah. onto the verges and things like that.
1: Well, we do need a whole podcast on curbs though. I, right? I know, yeah. yeah.
2: okay. I um, The project was taken forward very quickly. Yeah. Nobody really objected to it, but there was a worry of having this big road bypassing places, would all the villages die out? Okay. Right. So the Scottish mm-hmm. Development Department compromised by saying, you can build this new road, but under no circumstances are you to build any roadside services to protect <gasps> oh. the services in the, the bypass villages. Goodness, okay. so that's why it's so <laughs> there's your problem. Yeah, that's Stuart.
0: why it's a nightmare to get a pee between
2: Perth and Inverness, <laughs> just don't drink. No, yeah. okay. I know, yeah. So, that's a, that's a feature there, okay. Uh, so shall we begin at Broxton roundab- no. Roundabout? No, inver Almond Roundabout, and sure. go north. Take us north from Inver So, the in Inver Roundabout uh, this was a scheme called the Almond Bridge Diversion, okay. Now, if you look at the if you're heading north from Inver Almond, you go over the River Almond, this mm-hmm. is a large three span structure. Uh, this was, shuffle my notes here. This was designed by Baptiste Sean Morton mm-hmm. and it was built by Miller Construction and cost 4 million. And it was the first section of the new A9 to open. It was a, basically about two miles of dual carriage going north from this roundabout. And was this an online upgrade? This was, the, the bridge was offline, but the rest of it was all online. Okay. So you right. can see bits and pieces. Um, I was speaking to an engineer recently called Donald Lament, who was with Baptiste. He says that. It was originally envisaged as a sort of a dual carriageway approach to Perth okay. to have this roundabout here and then have a bypass. Yeah. And then it, I assume it was absorbed later on into the, the A9 upgrade. Right. Uh, but but the wee, there was a wee bit of work done at this section to mm-hmm. determine the location of a Roman fort that is existing on the, I think, the side of the railway. Something okay. like that Because they weren't sure where it was, so they did a bit of research and found that's where it was. So I think it's on the I think it's on the OS maps. Right. Okay. And this section, which was the first section, it began construction on the 19th of November, nineteen seventy-three, and it opened on the 26th of June, nineteen seventy-five. Okay.
1: It's not too bad. So you've got this good, high quality dual Carriageway approach. It seems like it's got a grade separated junction on it.
2: Yeah. That's yeah, the that. that's the longity bypass you're looking at there. Yeah, that was okay. the next section. Ah, right. So the next okay. section going north ran from the there's a little sort of house Denmark field Broxy Kennels. If you look in the OS maps, you'll be able to see it just before the straight section. Okay. And it went to where they're currently building that uh, big new junction for the A9 dueling. That, that was the oh. Lunkety Bypass. Right, okay. Uh, this was, again, designed by Babsy Sean Morton and built by Miller. So it was the same two guys who did it. Okay. And it opened on the 7th of December 1977. Okay, so another couple of years later, yeah. next section comes along. Okay, we've got a wee okay. extract from our opening booklet. I'd like to read out. If that's okay. all right.
1: Yeah,
2: go for it. Uh, this is about the Lunkity bypass. It will connect the recently completed Almond Bridge scheme with the Lunkty to Burnham section, construction of which began in February nineteen seventy six. Dual carriageway ex- ends some one point five kilometres from the south end to beyond a junction designed to serve Lunkty and Stanley, and that's the grade separated one. Right. Mm-hmm. North, which the road continues as a single carriageway for the further 2.5 kilometres at the moment. Mm -hmm. Uh, The route bypasses the village of Longerty on the west side of the main Perth and Vinesh railway line and eliminates a hazardous bend under the railway viaduct. Ah, okay. So that was that. Mm. Uh, shout-out also to uh, Ronnie Land, who designed this section of the bypass and was involved in the the Dunkeld bypass. So I'm uh, finding all these Babity people who uh, remember all this. So it's good that they're yes, sharing the information. Definitely, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So the section going north from there was Longcatee to Burnham. And was this was designed by Tayside Regional Council and mm-hmm. built by R.J. McLeod. Oh, and this okay. opened in May of 1976. And this is the fruit, bi- the bypass of Bankfoot,
0: mm-hmm. basically. Okay. So we had the section then opened in seventy five. The one you just discussed was seventy seven, and then this one was seventy six. Yeah. So a lot of construction happening. A lot of things going on. Yeah. Right. Right about the same it sort of time. Okay.
1: I, I uh, just just to chip in here. Yeah. They, there's there's a section here. There's a single carriageway, but they have actually in some sections here in recent years, and maybe in the last kind of fifteen years, they have actually hatched off and put islands in the central res.
2: Yes, the Bankfoot Junction. Yes, and this originally, was originally that you wasn't had, there. Actually. Originally, that wasn't there. You had to turn right heading south to get into Bankfoot. Now this, not became notorious not for accidents, but the fact that it would take ages to turn right. It's very and it probably very be better busier. to go to Perth, turn around, and come back up wow. because of the queues. Because that is one of the busier sections of the A9. So this was grade separated in two thousand and nine. Ah, and they okay. added in a slip at the north side. It's
1: right. like a, a lilo-type junction. Yeah. I think that's what, the, what it is that they Okay. Yeah.
2: yeah. Interesting. Fun fact for railway enthusiasts. Okay. There's a small section here at the Bankfoot end that is on the line of the old Bankfoot railway.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. okay.
2: There was a small spur that came off the main line and went to Bankfoot and stopped. And that was pulled up, I think, in about '64,
1: mm-hmm. And then
2: they constructed the A9 along it. So it made this nice, convenient corridor. And that extends up to the Burnham Junction. Okay. Uh, so the next section is the Burnham Bypass. So we're back to Baptist Sean Morton. Mm-hmm. And this was built by J.G. McGregor. And it opened on the 30th of June 1977. So this is the famous bit that goes past the railway station. Yeah. yeah. Very, very constrained. So we've got a wee extract here. Uh, proximity to the existing railway embankments raised considerable problems, and both the road and railway embankments are being instrumented to monitor settlement and other movements only one major bridge is required as and one of the 300,000 cubic meters of excavation all will be used to construct the new embankments. So okay. that section is all raised across the village of Burnham. So if you live in Burnham I'm very sorry. Okay. <laughs> How are they going to squeeze the, the dual section through? It's very tight, isn't it? Yeah. There's
0: not I, a lot of space. I've
1: seen something. What they were going to do was the car park, with the railway. they were going to cut and cover tunnel the car park right? the okay. railway and, and do it that way. I've seen various people, but I know there's
2: lots of options on the table at that section. Yeah. Speaking to some of the engineers, there is enough space to squeeze it in, mm. but they need to have certain requirements and things like that, and the car park will have to be moved. Yeah. So they thought, well, let's have another option of keep the car park and burrow underneath yeah. with that underpass, like the one in Stirling. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, so that's, that, that's on the table. This is the, uh, fairly problematic because of how close Burnham is and how yeah. and the, the railway station, I think, is a Grade One listed building, so they can't touch that. Yeah. At
0: right. all. So the existing dueling work that's. Under construction at the moment. Yes. As Lunkety of September 2020. Lunkety to Burnham. So is that, that ends just prior to this that section. Ends just pr-
2: that clicks onto the small section that goes round the bend. I okay. was
0: just about to ask about that
1: small section of dual carriage. I always remember it goes slightly uphill and on a bend. Yes. Yeah. That
2: is one of the, the two reasons as to why bits were jeweled. Okay. Is because the single carriage race, for curves, they needed to have 450 metres of sight distance for you to travel at 60 safely and overtake stuff. Right. Yeah where that could not be achieved, they dueled it.
0: Yeah, and that...
2: This is kind I of... I remember yeah. hearing that in the in the film about the
0: A9. Yes. S- yeah. Some engineers who were involved in Glasgow felt that that was over the top <laughs> for the A9. Yeah. Uh, providing all those overtaking opportunities, even on curves. Yeah. Uh, because they felt that, hang on a minute... You don't want to be encouraging overtaking on curves, anyway. No.
2: the streets sweeping deceptive bends. Yeah, very deceptive. Yeah. Some mm-hmm. of them are quite good. Some of them are a bit just not mm-hmm. good enough for yeah. overtaking. You know. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. As as drivers, we don't want to overtake on bends. No, we I want know, to Overtake on straight bits. Yeah, I know it was
0: yeah. open to criticism at the time. Yeah. Uh, it's like a motorway
1: line. I've always yeah. found the road as a motorway line. Yeah, yeah, it does. Uh-huh. It, it does, does basically. It yeah. is, <laughs> uh, and you, especially if you're you're going down, and you're trying to overtake on a bend that's going left. You know, yes yeah, that was one of the
2: reasons that this tricky. flowing alignment theory that yeah. the road is built with was sort of phased out yeah. to the more straighter roads that we have today because
0: yeah, flowing alignment is very much a motorway principle yeah. motorway design principle you know, but it does it's easy fit, to achieve when you have it fits with the landscape quite well
2: Yeah, because yeah. this, this road is going through very very delicate landscapes yeah. so it fits very very nicely mm-hmm. but it's not the best for overtaking maintaining speed great not passing stuff mm, struggles a bit okay what came after that so after Burnham, we've got a fairly major scheme called Dunkel Bypass. Yep.
1: Okay.
2: Uh, this was designed by Baptiste Sean Morton and it was built by Tarmac with major earthworks being done by tractor shovels. Okay. Mm-hmm. The reason for these major earthworks was the famous diversion of the River Tay that took place. Yeah. Have you seen this? I've Have seen, I've seen this? this in the film. Actually, yes, this we, is in the So a, they, they changed the course of the river? They changed the course of the river. Actually, no, they didn't. They put it onto an alignment it originally had. Oh, but right, um, okay. well, yeah, but it's it been so moved. So they put it back to this alignment and fitted this sort of bendy section of the road in. Yeah, yeah, yep. that's so clever. Just that. Yeah, so I've got a small extract from a, a Babtie Morton report of the Dunkeld bypass. Okay. okay. Uh, so, this nine-kilometer, single, seven-point-three-meter-wide carriageway, Dunkeld bypass, was designed following examination of a variety of routes north of Dunkeld, and the route finally chosen was the one not the 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 one that not only met the design criteria but was best fitted into the landscape the countryside commission for scotland were and other interests were consulted along with the road line and their views were considered by the scottish development department together with the engineering and economic factors so there was a lot of study going on to get this bit fitted in to carve the new road into the rugged slopes of the river valley involved the excavation of approximately one million cubic meters of soft material which is sands and gravel Mm a hundred thousand cubic meters of unusable material and fifty thousand cubic meters of rock most of the rock removed lay close to the inver railway tunnel and blasting was therefore considerably restricted the the slow work yeah The 225-metre-long Tay Bridge crosses the river in three spans and incorporates twin 3.5-metre deep steel plate girders. The structure was assembled on the north side, and the first stage launch took place in September of 1976. In mid-July 1975, a short length of the River Tay, north of Dunkeld, was diverted from its normal course onto a new man-made channel. The diversion of the river by up to 200 metres over a length of 700 metres involved the movement of some 100,000 cubic metres of material together with a sheet-piled groin, bank stabilisation works, and rock-filled protection to the toe of the new embankment. Mm. So there was a lot of earthworks. And lots of moving of muck and things, yeah, and dumper yeah. trucks and diggers. and now It was all that's very exciting. real civil yeah. engineering. If you right. watch, <laughs> there is a, a video of the A9 uh, rebuild. If you Google A9 Highland Highway, mm-hmm. there's a section in that that focuses on the river diversion and the... Is that on the, of the Scottish t- Screen Archive. Scottish Screen Archive, yeah, it is yeah. a fantastic thing. It is one of the best things on there, okay. honestly. Oh, brilliant. So, yeah, okay. so I have to give a first of all, a shout out to Robin Brown. A uh, former employee of Babshaw Morton who lent me his archive to go through all this stuff. So thank you so much for lending me the archive. I will get it back to you momentarily.
0: Yeah,
1: that's that's good. Thank mm-hmm. you, thank you, Robin, so, for that. Yeah. So that that that, sound, that sounds that like an impressive civil engineering section. But where do we go north from this? We thing? go
2: north and we have the Balonlwyd bypass, or it was Guy to Tynrech. Given <laughs> these, <we're giving laughs> these obscure oh, okay. names. These so, obscure names yeah. that people wouldn't know. So, where that straight section is, where the road and the railway run next to each other, up to the right. top of Ballinluig, that was basically that section. Okay. Uh, this opened in April of 1983 and it was designed by Tayside Regional Council and built by R.J. McLeod. And this includes the five span bridge over the A9, the railway line, and I think there's a, there's a water course in there, something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. I know that section. Yeah. yeah, I've got a fact here. Uh, The concrete pour for the bridge deck was Britain's largest outside of the oil industry at thirteen hundred cubic meters, which was a new record over two days and two nights, Uh, thanks to Clive Bridges at Ball and Lewis Services for giving me that information. So thank you for the help. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're just looking at that, John, the slip roads. Oh, yeah, I yeah. am at
1: that junction because um, we're, at, we're at the section where this is a place where often stop, which is at Ballinuig. It's good, yes. Um, and this, this, this scheme that you're talking about here, does this include the whole dual carriageway? This includes it? the dual carriageway. Yeah. This, this is a very long straight section of dual carriageway yes. that goes up past you. Now, this junction here wasn't always here. No. It was, it was a crossing, wasn't it? It was a crossing. Right. Uh, if you okay. look on
2: Google now, you have a roundabout and two slip roads for the northbound road. They were not originally there. Mm-hmm. So what you had, where r- roughly where the bus stop is, you had a right turn to get into the Luig. Uh Now, people flying down this dual carriageway posed some difficulty in turning across the road. So it was grade separated in about 2007, 2008, mm-hmm. I think. Sometime yeah, something there. like that. By yeah, squeezing in these yeah. two slip roads. These are very impressive. They go over the railway and do a 180. They do, to back, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's,
1: that's funny. Okay. Yeah,
2: I remember there was a speed camera in there. There was a speed camera. My father got caught by that speed
1: camera. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bad Mr. McNife, <laughs> um So that speed camera, and it was 50 mile an hour, and yeah. I remember this. I do remember, because I drove that road before that was that was upgraded, but mm-hmm. it certainly makes things a lot easier and a lot safer getting in and oh, out of yeah. the services. So ballin is is one of those kind of like a truck stop in there, yeah. and I know that as as like probably the best services on the A9. It's fantastic. And, and yeah. a good
0: section for overtaking if you've been... Stuck behind, something held up, for a, yeah.
1: yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Pitlock, the, I always call it the pitlockery straight, you know. Yeah. And, and, and it, it is, yeah.
2: I'm not good. entirely sure why this was jewelled because it is a straight, it's but not that, on a gradient, yeah. it's not on a bend, mm-hmm. right? It's probably okay. something to do with the approach to pitlockery and maybe joining traffic at the top of the dual carriage or something mm-hmm. like
1: that. Yeah, what's the road that comes in at that junction there? That's the um,
2: 924, I think, right? Okay. Yeah. So that's that one. So yeah. the next section north of Banlewg is the bypass of Pitlochry. Yeah. Right. Now this was a difficult section, not for engineering, but for environmental reasons. Because Pitlochry is a, a sort of gem in the highlands. Yeah. It is a beautiful yeah. nature area. And fitting this big new fast single carriageway into it was going to pose some difficulties. Right. Uh, so that's the, the long section that goes around there.
1: So this is the section from the, the the dual carriageway heading north.
2: Yes. Right. Okay. This required there was an engineering in here. This required the building of the Tunnel and the Clooney bridges. Right. To cross the to cross the water there. Yeah, because
0: the e 9s actually quite far south and west away from Pitwalkery because yes. it had to go on the other side yeah. of the river, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: so we've got an there was an engineering paper written about this about the planning design and construction of a road in an area of outstanding natural beauty. I guess. Okay it was written by Roy Hodgin, who I think you might, might have heard The one and only Roy, Roy Hodgson, yes. one and only, I was yeah. going to say. Roy Hodge. And yes. C.R. Ford as well, who wrote that. Chris okay. Ford. Yes. Yeah,
0: both former Scott Wilson, Kirkpatrick guys who were closely involved in the design um, of the Glasgow motorway
2: system. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they've written this paper, so I'm going to read out what they've written about the proposals for the Tummel Bridge first. So that's the bridge at the top of the dual carriageway. The requirements for the Tummel Bridge were to span the River Tummel at a width of 90 metres, to provide a slip road to Pitlochery and a farm access on both the south side and the north side. Despite the controlled exercise by the hydro dam, flooding has been observed on the existing road and on the floodplains. It was therefore desirable to use a bridge span which would not significantly affect the flood level of the river. The bridge design chosen was no more expensive, caused less interruption of the river, and was considered more, to be more aesthetically pleasing. Okay, So yeah. that's that one. The next one was a bit more difficult. Right. Uh, that's the Clooney Bridge over Loch Fascali yeah. which was created by the Pitlochry Dam. Uh, Clooney Bridge required very special consideration. It was a place of particular beauty and a focus of the footpath system. It also posed considerable engineering problems. Unlike many underbridges, would be would, in consequence, be subject to close inspection from pedestrians. Three possible solutions emerged. A span arrangement of 40, 70, 40 metres with concrete piers in the loch and haunched beams, as for Tummel Bridge. A steel arch or a splay leg portal with the footings out of the water, giving a deck span of 40, 70, 40, but an actual clear span of 90 metres at founding level. Uh, so that's what we have now is the bridge with the piers that sort of launch into the middle from the bank. Kind of like if you're on the Hamilton bypass and you've got those farm bridges, You've got Mm -hmm. the the beams that launch and hold it up. So it's kind of like that. The supports. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's them there. So this was... uh, The bypass was designed by Jameson and Partners, and it was built by Balfour Beatty. Uh, This was opened in stages. So stage one was from Ballonlewig to the the Clooney Bridge, to Mm -hmm. the Pitlockery Junction, and it was opened by Lord Mansfield on the 19th of May, 1981. And stage two, which went from the Clooney Bridge to the bottom of Killy in September 1981 and this won the Saltire Award for Civil Engineering in 1981 and there's a plaque under the bridge there
0: yeah Killikranke is a very interesting section yes and had its own challenges
2: as well certainly
0: and many people may not actually be aware that there's a very large
2: structure there, there is a very very large structure there is a 650 metre long viaduct yeah. that goes over uh, Kilikrankie that's
1: and, when you're on the dual
2: carriageway that's section. the short dual carriageway section, the short yeah. dual carriageway
1: and you don't realise but you're actually on a kind of a stilt structure yeah, there it's, aren't uh, it? it's uh, a yeah. viaduct
2: Kind of Coming out of the hillside, yeah. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. this is very impressive. Uh, this was deliberately left to last because of how difficult it'd be because the Scottish <laughs> development parts are very well. This is the most difficult bit. So get the rest done yeah, and, then and then we'll, we'll see will. what we can do here. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did think about maybe having a tunnel on the west side of Killycranky Pass, which okay. is a steep sided valley. Yeah. Did they? I yeah, because right, if you look okay. at Killycranky, it is very, very constrained because you've got yeah. everything kind of converges, goes through the pass and separates out again. Yeah. So they obviously knew this would be quite difficult. Uh, so then they realised, okay, we're going to have to go above the existing A9, which is now the B801, B8079, something like that. That's right, yeah. yeah so yeah. it's yeah. elevated above that on a large viaduct and retaining wall structure. This is a very impressive piece of engineering. It is. You can yeah. really
1: get an impression from it seen from below. I know that yeah. um, you, you have some great pictures from your drone yes. of this. Um, I the, picked know.
2: up a drone for tuppence. So... <laughs> So perfect I thought, for two yeah, cranky inspection. It is very, very yeah. impressive. It's hidden away by the trees. So you can't really see it too much, but it's this very impressive structure.
1: Yeah. Oh, okay.
2: Uh, so we've got a wee extract from an article about it Okay. Uh, for some more information. Each carriageway is carried on a separate structure. One viaduct 285 metres long was required for the southbound carriageway and one, si- and one 615 long for the northbound carriageway. The viaducts consists of a series of 15-metre spans using inverted T pre-stressed beams with inset concrete infill and joined over the supports with a reinforced concrete lost crosshead to provide continuity under live load. So if you're into structures, you will know all about that more than I will. Music to Stuart's yes, yeah. ears. He's bobbing away there. You know? It's just like being at work. You know? yeah. <laughs> the, the retaining walls are of mass concrete. Now, the, this, there's sort of three retaining walls. There's one above the whole thing. There's mm-hmm. one that holds up the southbound carriage right after the viaduct, and there's one that holds up the whole thing at the bottom. Uh, the retaining walls are of mass concrete. It, in order to reduce the bulk of the walls, it was decided to provide stability by anchoring the bases down to the, to the rock by means of rock anchors and the, post, and the post-stressed the stems. The front faces are battered at 12 in one And the uphill and downhill walls are clad with buff grey coloured concrete spill block reconstructed stone to reduce the visual impact of the large areas of walls in this sensitive area. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So this was the last section to open between Perth and Venice and it was opened on the 19th of August 1986 by Michael Ancrum who opened M74 if you point, watch yeah. the video he mentions that he opened the new yeah.
1: AI that's going to go down to one of our greatest yeah. podcast moments There, <laughs> you're describing the, the technical makeup of this of the fantastic so structure yeah. there
2: is a small lay by next to the bottom of it so if you're in the area go and give it a look because okay. it is very impressive I, I think I'm going to have to at some
0: point actually it's go up there and see it in the flash I've driven over it a few times but I've you don't get sport. an appreciation mm-hmm. of it when
1: been you're been driving
2: going, on it overtaking stuff
1: that's why yeah you're more interested in, yeah. the, in trying to get to the end and overtake that lorry before the end <laughs> yeah. this, this was designed <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's true oh it's true I, I Anyway,
2: this was designed by Sir Alexander Gibb and partners and it was built by Tarmac Civil Engineering okay. Ah, okay. Mm-hmm. so that's that uh, so north of the viaduct the A9 bypasses Blade Athol crossing the Killy Cranky battlefield immediately north of the viaduct so a long straight section Mm-hmm. goes through the battlefield which was is raising some controversy now I was just, with the dueling.
1: We can we can segue quickly into talking about the dueling yes. because
2: I know there are
1: some issues here. Yes. And they're doing their the A9 you know, guys are doing their best to try and mitigate the impact mm-hmm. of the road. Uh, going through a, a battlefield. But here's the thing, they built the original road there.
0: Mm.
1: so that the road's already there, so what what's an extra you know
2: carriageway really going to be i think it is the footprint that this new joe carriage will take up right. and i think the impact at the time before everything sort of grows back and shields it i think will be right plus so, there's a some, lot of archaeological work that still hasn't really been well, done that's, yet
0: that's just what i was going to say i mean a lot of people take that as a as a good excuse to do the archaeological digs that yeah. wouldn't be done otherwise you know because mm. there isn't money or it's not high priority mm. actually putting the road near there or through there might give them an opportunity to we, do a proper we leg.
1: had the same thing with the m74 when it was yeah. widened between yeah. um, junction six and, uh, right. and junction, yeah. junction Four.
2: Yeah. you know so you, you know yeah. so
1: there's things that can be discovered maybe this is a, a
0: great thing yeah,
2: yeah. all right okay. okay okay so north of there we've got the bypass of oh dear i've lost all my notes bear with me i <laughs> shuffle my Duncan, papers i, I oh, get this problem when
1: Stuart makes me talk about some <laughs> road that he's asked me to research in half a week and, uh, yeah, half yeah. a week <laughs> don't listen to his excuses
0: he always gets minimum months notice people yeah that's
2: good alright so the bypass of Blair Athol was opened in November 1983 this was again Alexander Gibb and it was built by Tarmac okay. ok so this joins in to the next section at the House of Brewer just oh, north yes. of a place called uh, Calveen
1: I like House of Brewer have you been to the House of Brewer John um I'm going to be honest. Buy some tweed no, jackets, I, I, cashmere? I
2: haven't. It's all. It's all 50 very. Fifty pounds for a sandwich.
1: <laughs> I was going to say it's all very. It's like the tea bay of the north. Yeah. Is how I think of it. But no, I do intend on on going in yeah. there over the weekend. So it is you know, a real.
2: Up. It is a tourist trap. It is very busy a lot of the time when I'm right. there. It does pick up quite a lot. Another. I mean, it's it's good for
1: an emergency pee. You know, if yes. you need to, if you need to go in there for that reason. There's
2: 202 laybys, John, as well. The A9, so. Can well, that's I, the thing I, to chuck in. I, all the laybys between Perth and Verness, apart from the new ones, are all numbered. That's one of my questions. Is yes. Why, why? is that? Why have they got
1: numbered laybys? Because I, I haven't seen any other road that numbers its do, laybys. Do they have
2: telephones? No, they, they have a phone number right. that you call. Okay. But, uh, so, other than that, you're on your own. So I'd imagine it's
0: for identification purposes. It's pretty, pretty much to say I'm on the A9. Stress.
2: It's, uh, oh, is a bend, I'm not too sure. And I'm in lay-by yeah.
0: 106.
2: Aye. Yes. Okay. So it's there. Uh, so, we've then got the, the challenging section, the highest section of Trunk Road in the UK, the Drumhochter Pass. Oh, yes. So, yes. we all set up for the Drumhochter Pass. This was done in about three bits between Calveen, the House of Brewer, and Kruben Okay. That's what I consider the end of the Drumhochter Pass. So, and this has got quite a few, this has got two sections of dual carriage if you include Kruben Moore in it? Yes. <laughs> okay. The first section was uh, designed by Freeman Fox and Partners. So, that's the people who done the Road Bridge yep. and Erskine. Yes. Now, this the section that they designed went from Calvin up to where it becomes Highland Regional Council, because this section is in Tayside in Perth and Kinross. So that was the longest section to be built at once, and it was 21 kilometres long. Uh, this featured very deep cuttings and excavations to get it up to where the dual carriageway is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it also includes the split-level dual carriageway,
0: the ah. racetrack. Which I know Mr. Hassel has a question about. Yes. That split
2: section dual carriageway. Well,
1: Duncan might, Duncan might cover this, but but what? why is it split why section? Why is it
2: split? I think it's due to the the fact that the land is falling down. Well, it's not falling right. down, but it's on a slope down okay. to the where the river is. And I think keeping them both together would have required either a big embankment for one, or really deep excavation for the other. Now that you say it like
1: that, I'm thinking of that if I was building that, if you have it as two separate carriageways, you don't need to
2: have it built out so much, if you know what I mean. So the northbound carriageway follows the original road alignment. Right. So it's pretty much on top of it, and southbound kind of follows the military road. Kind of. Ah,
1: Do you know, Duncan, I mean, you use the road... A lot. Um, mm. I, I always found a thing with that where uh, I was driving down it and because you can't even see the other carriageway at times, and you're overtaking things. You start to kind of second guess yourself. You go, "Am I? Am I still on the dual carriageway? Yeah. There's not going to be something
2: that's going to emerge the other way."
1: There's something quite unnerving about it, you
2: mm. know. Yeah, I, I agree. Found. I agree. Yeah,
0: yeah. You know. Mm-hmm.
2: Just a little, a little shout out here to uh, Richard Ward, who was site uh, manager with Freeman Fox. So hello, to Richard, okay. and uh, Muck Shifter John Atkinson. Okay. Very good guy who was involved in a lot of road schemes, and he shifted muck from everywhere. Hello to John. How are you doing? (laughs) Love it when you get a contractor that tells you stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we've hit the uh, we've hit the boundary. Oh wait, there's a wee thing I want to chuck in. Okay. Uh, This uh, this opened in December of 1979. This one section, I think it opened in sort of bits because it's online and offline. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, It was let at 12 million. And it came in at twenty-eight million. Oh God! Yeah, and so this was considered a financial disaster by the Scottish Development Department. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> understandably so. so yeah. where does this whole section
1: run from again? So this is from the this south.
2: Is, this is from Calvin. 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 yeah. The House of Brewer. The House of Brewer. Just bro. north of the House of Brewer, up to where the summit is. Just <laughs> north of where the right. The, so the that's boundary a
1: single is. carriageway section at Dalwhinnie.
2: Yes, just yeah. just south of there, just a couple of miles. There was a wee section between there and Dalwhinnie. Yeah. That was the Dramochtar Lodge to the county boundary section. Right. And this was now designed by the Highland Regional Council and built by Shanks and McEwen.
1: Yeah.
2: And this opened in December of in September sorry, of 1982. Okay. Uh, if you look out for the bigger lay-bys at the side of the road there, they're what? what's left of the old road. Ah, okay. Oh, right, so they utilise mm-hmm. bits yeah. of that. Interesting, mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. We shout out here to Ian Larkman, David Spence, Philip Shimmon and David Anderson, who were involved with the... Uh, Highland Regional Council Bits Okay, I've all met are all fantastic guys who yep. have got a wealth of knowledge Okay, so you okay. need more than one cup of coffee to talk with them but they are fantastic so thank you to the information they've given me Okay, so we're getting to that kind of busy
0: section now then between the Winnie and Busy Kenny street, Krieg Busy, street. Street. Avimo- well, busy. Yeah,
2: it's, it's one of the quieter sections of the Pass it drops to about 8,000 vehicles a day is I- this not where you get a lot of convoying though well, yeah, you the can, foot, can,
1: yes, but what I think, yeah, Stuart means is his section just north of Drummond. As you start to get nearer and nearer Aviemore, yeah, and between Kruben Moor and um, D- um, Drummond and the dual carriageway there, it's a long, long period yeah. without dual carriageway, mm. yeah, and it's
2: horrendous. That's it can the be quite that a that long section out to yeah. me,
0: yeah, mm-hmm. so it's low traffic flow, but because but of the long voice. section, yeah, there. yeah, okay, yeah.
2: but because of the, the nature of the road, it is in a big sort of heather valley. The sight lines are fantastic. They are way beyond 450 metres. I was going overtaking. to say, Duncan,
1: heading south, there's a section there before you get to the duels where you where it's a very, very long, you can see for kilometres, and yes. it's a single carriageway, and the bend goes off to the right. I pulled off a record overtake there, and I, I must have overtaken over a dozen vehicles at once once. <laughs> and, and, and honestly, it
2: was because they were all in a convoy like that. Yeah. And you couldn't yeah. do it. So there we go. Yeah. A, wee sh- a wee fact to chuck in here. Some of the mm-hmm. surfacing... On the Dalwini bypass, we're going, we're going to talk about in a Second, okay. it's the original surfacing. Well, to this day, and it's been there since 1976. Oh, well, it's fantastic, good old. This is a job. wee bit of sort of surfacing history. The A9 is sort of lean mix and it's uh, uh, what was it dense bitumen macadam flexible yep. stuff. Yep. Uh-huh. So lean mix is concrete, and a lot of that broke up and failed. So they had to replace that, or it's still there, but it's horrendous. Okay. So a lot of the Dalwini stuff is, uh, is still quite a, is original. Okay, so right. I of see. Of so, Darwinie Bypass, to quickly talk about that, was uh, designed by Highland Regional Council and it was built by Tractor Shovels.
0: Okay. And yep. It was opened
2: on the 26th of June 1976. Okay, So, interesting. that's that very long section that goes past the distillery. Fairly nondescript section it's of road, fairly really. fairly yeah. straightforward, mm-hmm. yeah. There is an aqueduct mm-hmm. that it goes over. Okay. Um, oh, right. okay. There's a farm that it goes past. Wow. I know. <laughs> okay. Not a farm. Yeah, <laughs> surely, yeah. And there's okay. the section of dual carriageway at Crubham Moor.
1: Yeah. So, Duncan, can you just answer something? For Kruben Moore dual carriageway, I remember for years was a very short section. Yes. But they, they did extend this in what was
2: 2000 and 2011. 2011, that's 2011. it. It was that short was because of the, the sightline requirements, you know, the, the curve. Yeah. And yeah. Because if you look up to where that dual carriage is, there's this massive rock excavation that they had to do to get it round there. Yeah. So it was much easier to dual that.
0: Was this the section that was originally going to be two plus one? And was then changed that's to junk, King, right? that is that was Slightly it? further oh, north, All right, yeah.
2: okay. Yeah. Uh, so that's uh, that's where Cruven Moor is. So the next section is a long section that goes from Cruven Moor to the top of King UC. Okay. And this was Alexander Gibbon Partners, and this was built by Fairclough Civil okay. Engineering. Yeah, oh. okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. this was opened on the 10th of December 1979, and this mm-hmm. involved the seven span structure that goes over the River Spey. Okay. Mm. This very this nature area, the Spey, yeah. and it also goes past Rutherford Barracks. Okay. Which is lit up at night and it looks very pretty. Okay,
1: interesting. Right. Okay, we need to go up there at night then, Stuart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so yeah. we're so, not
2: so north of there we've got King Ushi to moor, Now this is quite a long section. This was held up by a public inquiry because okay. there is a lot of private land and there was a Colonel Scammon Colonel Shkaman who was not too keen on the road going through his land. Okay. And this kind of encouraged everyone else to hold up the construction of the road. Right. So this didn't open until uh, September nineteen eighty two. Okay. Again, this was Highland Regional Council, and it was built by William Taws.
0: Right. Oh, so okay.
2: But just about every major contractor and
0: on the go at the time was involved in. Well, yeah. So you this, got to
2: get work. This section was all single carriage
1: but now we have yes. this new. We have a big new section. Of we dual have carriages. a big new section of dual yeah. there. and that's where Stuart was saying: earlier concrete to Dalraddy. Is that? Am I correct in calling it that? concrete, concrete, concrete to Dalraddy, yeah. It, I'm Sorry, I'm, I'm educating the expert here, but yeah. you, you can tell me if I'm wrong. But that that was
2: the section they thought was going to be 2 plus 1. I think in early proposals, they were putting in these 2 plus 1 sections. And yes, then right. in 2008, I think they said, okay, let's just duel. the whole jewel, lot. Jewel so that they converted it to both. Yeah. To, to and this was the easiest section to duel because yeah. there was very little in the way. There was a couple of culverts, mm-hmm. but we can easily fix culverts. Yeah. So that opened, the new section opened on the 30th of September, 2017. And it was uh, built by Willis Bros and John Paul joint venture.
0: Ah, okay. So, that's Probably, that yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. All right. Yeah. So, north of there, then, where are we now? North
2: of there, we've got the bypass of Aviemore. Yeah. And this was done by Highland Regional Council and bought by Tarmac. Uh, this opened on the 20th of August 1980. So, okay. that turned 40 not too long ago. Yeah. Uh, this section, the, the section through the Spey Valley, if you look at the Spey Valley, you've got the A9 on one side. Mm-hmm. On the other side, you have the B nine seventy, slightly further south than Aviemore, which goes from Aviemore to about Newtonmore. No, Newtonmore? yeah, yeah, Newtonmore. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were originally in the preliminary studies, thinking of why don't we put the A nine on that side of the valley mm-hmm. and properly just have a brand new road, you know, get rid of all the obstructions of the uh, existing road. Uh, that was one of the discussions of the public inquiry. But I don't think much of that because it would be too far from Aviemore. Yeah, you'd yeah. have to build a road to Aviemore. So I think it was much better to have it next to the next to the existing road. Yeah. So north of Aviemore, we've got a, a more challenging section called Avi Lochen to Slocht. Mm-hmm. Sloch. Slocht.
1: Love and this that.
2: was designed by W. A. Fairhurst and built by Tarmac, and this opened in June of 1979. Okay. Uh, do you remember Bob Pritchard, John?
1: Yes, I do remember. He Bob. was
2: involved in this. And he gave me some insight into I'm glad some of the that bits and pieces. help you as much as yeah. he's helped me. Good. Yeah, so he's given me a wee bit of uh, detail. This is a bit about the geometry and things. So okay. the geometric design was definitely predicted on fitting the new road into the landscape and frequently required the adoption of a flowing alignment of long, large radius horizontal curves mm-hmm. with the vertical alignment in synchronisation, reflecting as closely as possible the natural topography in recognition of the terrain and for the valued landscapes which the a passes through, however, the requirement for the overtaking sightlines on a single carriageway road meant that the wide verges were frequently necessary on the inside of some bends, where the radius was small, and this resulted in some places with an apparent overprovision of verge width. Um, so that's these big curves, and you've got all this grass and flat area in the middle, which is yeah. basically helps with the useless. Sideline. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is a section with our two major structures. We've got the bridge over the river Dulneen mm-hmm. and we've got the section over the the Schlochd Gorge is and that the goes, bit
1: where it crosses the railway and the, the road the railway
2: and the road if you watch the video which we mentioned earlier it has a wee bit of the construction of this yeah it's impressive uh, we've got a wee bit more from uh, Bob okay. uh, the very restricted locations available for intermediate supports of the Slocked Bridge largely dictated the adoption of three spans the bridge deck comprises of four plate girders with a composite reinforced concrete deck because of the lack of space anywhere in the valley for any sizeable cranage, the girders were erected by launching them in braced pairs of unequal length from the south and north abutments, with counterbalancing weights and other precautions for stability. So that is a very impressive structure.
1: I know, sounds like uh, watchwords was yo- there, yep. when, Yeah. When <laughs> I was
2: younger, we would always drive under it and it would always be very, very impressive seeing it the A9 a-
1: high above. I never got an appreciation for this and I think it wasn't until someone like yourself, Duncan, was putting a lot of these things on Facebook and these pictures and I thought, wow, wow look at that. So no, yeah. that's... Yeah, it's good. a lot of hidden, uh, gems, hidden on, gems on the a the... I find this section very quiet on the A9. It is, it does flow fairly well. Going
2: and north, I think, it does not too bad. Very, very quiet. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, so... That's the bit also that goes past the German helmet, the German soldier. The face in the rocks. You're oh, leaping. yes, Have I you heard of this? I've seen that, yeah. No, yeah. I haven't. Have you said, oh, dear, John, you've not been no, paying no, attention? No.
1: But the thing is, I do not use the A9 between Aviemore and Inverness because I turned off at Aviemore. I used to stay in Elgin. Oh, John, you're missing out. There's We're bridges out. up north. There's all these exciting structures. <laughs> this is the mysterious bit of the A9 yeah. for me. So I've, I've got my ears pricked up here. Yeah.
0: Okay.
2: So the next section is from Schlocht to Dalmagari Farm. And this opened on the 17th of November, 1976. Again, this was designed by W.A. Fairhurst and it, was, and it was built this time by Watlings. Okay. The reason for this is there's a large viaduct in the middle okay. called the, the Tomaten Viaduct or the mm. Findhorn Viaduct. Findhorn, I think, mm. is the railway one. Yeah. Yep. I think toma- it's mm-hmm. one of the either. Uh, this features a large five span viaduct. Uh, shout out to Ken Cantley, who was involved in the construction of the viaduct with Watlings, and he gave me a wee bit of insight into the design of it. It's so not weathering steel. That is a yep. weathering steel bridge. Yeah, that was the second weathering steel bridge to be built in Scotland. Mm-hmm. Stuart, where was the first weathering steel bridge? <laughs> um. got him on the hop. <laughs> I love it. <clears throat> we so were discussing sweet. this not too long ago.
0: There are so many. There um, are. So, what
2: was the first one?
1: Though? The first one. I used to think it was between Claylands and Hermes. No, <laughs> but I'll give it.
2: It's M80. <laughs> or oh, sea Castlekerry, Seabegs. Seabegs Road. Castle arches, just north of the Cary yeah. arches. A yes. funny looking, chunky thing and that's a weathering steel bridge
0: it is but it's different
2: <laughs> it's, it's it's
0: it's different to this, yes, see uh, yeah. that we're looking at. You're right. It's a hollow box, it's a weathered hollow steel box, box yeah. but these are beams, these are girders. Gutters. So yeah. there's, there's a difference. But yeah, yeah. yeah you're right. Seabegs so. was the first 1972 hmm. replacing the one that collapsed. It'd been built ten years before. I thought we were going to have yeah. our
1: first uh, Glasgow Metro archive podcast brawl there, but you know that was narrowly avoided. <laughs> discussion, <laughs> discussion, discussion, <laughs> discussion, <laughs> Excellent.
2: So, some facts about the Fintone Viaduct. The Viaduct was built with weathering steel, which is a US steel which develops a skin to stop Corrosion, so it's not painted. This it, is it, just my, looks rusted, it just looks rusty, but it's yeah. developed a skin to protect itself. Yeah, basically. right. Uh, it was one of the first viaducts to be built. Weather resistant steel uh, it is constructed with reinforced concrete piers sitting on piled foundations with reinforced crossheads supporting yeah. steel plated girders 1.5 meters deep. Yeah, the deck is made up of eight steel plated girders with reinforced concrete deck and connecting pins to join them up. Yeah. The deck is waterproof with two coats of forty millimeters dense bitumen macadam topped with hot rolled asphalt.
0: There we go. Wonderful, wonderful. So that's, I that's feel like bog standard structure actually.
2: I'm looking at it; it's nothing fancy. But yeah. at the time,
1: you know, that was yeah. pretty yeah. pretty, it was pretty uh, new. It, it was way we yeah. were going. Yeah, mm-hmm. with, with the weathering yeah. steel. So, if you look
2: at the in comparison to the old bridge, mm-hmm. it's uh, much more, much more. obviously more engineered. The old bridge is a big concrete beast. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, we're well on the way to Inverness now. Nearly Inverness. Get us there. One wee scheme left. We've got Dalmagari to Bogbane, and this opened in April 1979, and this was again designed by W.A. Fairhurst, and it was built by William Toz. This involved a new route around the Mealmore Hill, roughly following the military Road, and a new bridge over the River Nairn, again with weathering steel bridges. Okay, okay. So that's us now at the top of Inverness at Bogbane. Right, okay. So from here to our Dully was called in plans and proposals as the Bewley and Cromarty Firths Diversions. Okay. So with a, well, do, bypass diversions, things like that. Yeah. Um, this was envisaged way back from the 60s, as early as that. Uh, where's my history? Uh, <laughs> Just, just talk amongst yourselves no no
1: I, I'm just looking I remember this when you're coming into Inverness and I know we're going up there's this big long straight I section. don't know if it's straight but it's very downhill yeah and it's, you it's get this lov- jeweled as well yeah and, yeah and you get this lovely vista of yeah. the city you're like mm-hmm. wow you know it's great likewise
0: when you're leaving the city and you're going south you get this long climb Yes. On the dual do carriageway. Do yeah. Uh, uh, and yeah, it's it's good that there's dual carriageway there because I'd imagine it's slow
2: for heavy goods vehicles going yeah. yes. up the hill. It was originally proposed in the plans a single carriageway oh, up right. to Bog Bain, but I think this was very well changed. Mm-hmm.
1: Where, where is Bogbane exactly? Bogbane like?
2: is just pretty much where the hill flattens out. Ah. So okay. it's a small sort of farm, uh, touristy place just next to it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so the, the we're now talking about Keswick and Cromer bridges. So these yeah. were two major uh, projects that were envisaged as far back as 1963 in a booklet called The Crossing of the Three Firths. Mm-hmm. This was a public booklet produced to say, well, why don't we build a new road across the Black Isle and yeah. improve? Because uh, it was
0: quite a long diversion through places like Dingwall and stuff like yes, that prior to it that, was. It was a very yeah.
2: long loop round. Yeah, yeah. So they thought, let's build a wee bit more of a direct route. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the Scottish Development Department commissioned Crouch and Hogg, who were responsible for this section across the Black Isle, uh, to look at maybe proposals for a bridge a new road something like that so they came back with some options option one was improving the existing A9 by dueling it round via Buley, Muir and Dingwall yep. or building a low level bridge over the Buley Firth and then climbing up or which is the option they went with building a high level bridge over the Kessick Narrows and then constructing a new road over there mm-hmm. and it was cheaper and it was way more of a benefit to construct the Bewley Firth Bridge which later became known as Kessick Bridge uh, the dual thing. carriageway would, would end at the Tor roundabout and we'd con- continue along to the Cromarty Causeway, not bridge yet, mm. causeway, and link up with the existing A9 towards Invergordon, which is where the oil was. So we've uh, nearly made it to the oil. And this section was all dual. The section was yeah. all dual. Uh, and yeah. it was dual as far as
1: Tor. My Tor dad roundabout. always told me Tor roundabout is the most northerly section of dual well, carriageway in the
2: UK. When they dual the A96 at Elgin, that will be further north. Oh, in fact, technically, yeah. slightly further yeah. yeah. north. Yeah, there. I never thought of that. But it's, 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 re- it's really the A9, and, and we
0: should be. have pointed out that there's the Rigmore Junction on that section Yes, that NMS. was part of
2: the approaches that was opened in the 12th of November 1977 and mm-hmm. built by Fairclough and again done by Crichton Hogg. So okay. that was
1: uh, the Keswick South approaches. The it's South approaches. So Longman
2: yeah. Roundabout and uh, Rag- the, the embankment up to where the bridge would be. Yep. Yeah. yeah. No Cali Stadium yet.
1: Okay. Oh <laughs> right. So yeah. Longman came later. Yes. And okay. then the
0: bridge came along 1982. The bridge came along 1982, yes. Okay, so that basically takes us as far as Inverness. Yeah. So let's have a, a brief consideration of the duelling then. So, so they're duelling the entire stretch between Perth and Inverness. Now, we've said already in part one, and we've said it again in part two. Mm-hmm. The main issue with the road, the A9 was designed to modern, high modern standards. Yes. With good long sweeping curves and good sight lines. The A9 is not being duelled because it is a substandard road.
2: No, the far A9 from it. is being far dueled due to driver behaviour. Driver behaviour yeah. and safety the accidents.
0: And its adverse safety record is almost entirely down to driver behaviour. Yeah. yeah. And so the A9, again, is
2: not dangerous. No. Drivers are dangerous. And
0: it's primarily to do with frustration and unsafe overtaking. Yeah. 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 Unsafe overtaking as a result of being stuck in convoys of slow moving heavy goods vehicles, yeah. of which there are probably a good few hundred. A day. There
2: are quite a lot, yes. Probably in the I thousands, potentially. About, yeah. 13% or so a day, yeah. those heavy goods. I okay. remember
1: the horrendous song of the Tesco lorries were all on that, yeah. doing 40. Now, they moved yeah. a lot of it to rail. Yes. Yeah. They did. Now, Duncan, there has been a, a trial for a 50-mile-an-hour speed limit? There has, yes. For a single carriageway. How has that worked out? So this
2: is the 50-mile-an-hour for HGVs yeah, that so normally all have to do 40. heavy goods vehicles, 7.5 tons, had to do 40. Yes. And they were campaigning again for years, since the sort of late 80s, early 90s, why don't we put this up to 50? Because we've yeah. got this good single carriageway. Yeah. Uh, so they were quite hesitant about that. But then with the accidents and the car drivers and the, all the sort of things come together and said, okay, we'll put the speed limit up for HTVs to yeah. sort of discourage the overtaking, make the yeah. convoys go quicker, and we'll also put the speed cameras in to control the cars. Because yeah. Yeah. it was found that a third of the cars travelling on the A9 were travelling... Above 60, 70 miles an hour. Yeah, easily. Okay. Yeah, which yeah. is fair enough given its alignment, but you mm. know you've got to consider other road users. It as was well. always yeah. the
1: closing speeds which were the, the problem. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's yeah. the thing
2: about the A9. In terms of slight accidents, it's actually quite low in terms of the stats compared to other roads. However, in terms of fatal accidents, Very high. it's fairly high. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well.
0: so the average speed cameras are in place there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, from on the single carriageway sections, on the single carriageway sections, yeah. and they are sixty mile an hour. They are sixty mile an hour. Yes. That yeah.
1: includes your overtaking lanes. Don't get caught with that. Yeah, you know? yeah.
0: <laughs> and, and that's had the benefit of vastly reducing the yeah. accident rate. Yeah. And the fatality yeah. rate on there noticeably so. Certainly. Um, yes. You know, so I think I don't think anybody would deny that that has been a, a major improvement <laughs> there.
1: I, I I find it's made it quite stressful for me to drive it because I don't have cruise control in the car. Yeah. So I I do find I need to keep an eye on my speedo. Uh, really, really quite carefully, and then if you are overtaking, you need a you need to be careful you don't exceed the limit yeah. while doing so. So
2: they uh, are they are average speed. So if you do sixty one and yes. a sixty, you're not going to get a ticket. It's calculated over, over a long distance. distance. A lot yeah. of people
1: don't realise that. I see yeah. people so breaking at the, cameras. at the cameras.
2: Yeah, that's quite frustrating.
0: Yeah. Okay. So before we do a very brief coverage of the northern section, what's your feelings, Duncan, on that section between Perth and Inverness? Obviously, a very well known. Huge engineering project in yeah. the seventies and eighties, very well regarded. Vastly improved the road as a whole. Mm. You obviously have enjoyed very much looking into yes, the history certainly.
2: of it. Yes, certainly. So, what, what what's your general feelings on it? It is a underrated piece of engineering, mm. in my opinion. It is something that has been sort of taken over by headlines and things like that, saying it's the most dangerous road yeah. in the whole universe. And yeah. Like, yeah. Well, no, it's not. Uh, and there are some, as as we've said, fantastic gems on it, like Cranky and the the Schlacht area and all these. It can be sometimes a really nice drive yeah. if the road's quiet and you've got a good a good driving speed. So it is it's very I, impressive. I
1: agree, it's become notorious for all the wrong reasons and, and you yeah. know when it actually should be notorious for actually in some ways how great the engineering is and I've learned a lot. Okay, you
0: know? so hopefully then in the gears ahead the rest of the dueling projects will come along. Um, yeah. There's one on site at the moment. There'll be several more coming down the line. And, mm-hmm. and we can have a follow-up podcast when, when they're all complete and discuss the improvements to the overall route and the, the driving experience. If we're all still here. If yeah, we're yeah. all about, if, yes, yes if, hopefully. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. So That's good to know. Right, well, we're, we're kind of pushed for time. So we're going to have a, a very brief discussion about the sections north of Keswick. So we've spoken about the Keswick Bridge. Great. Yeah. There's two other major crossings um, yes. that have come along and really... To my knowledge, they're the only real improvements that have happened to the A9 north of Inverness, aren't they? There's a, the, there's the, been the several, but
2: these are sort of the major ones. Yeah. There's been the Cromarty Bridge, which is a sixty-eight span sort of bridge structure. Yeah. It was originally a causeway. Yeah. But right. because of the Cromarty for the tidal, it would ruin the, the Crom- marsh and yeah. things like yeah. that. So they said, okay, we'll build a sixty-eight span bridge. Yeah. And then we've got some improvements north of there, taking us up to Dornoch. Yeah. Right. Dornoch is the eight hundred ninety meters long. Yeah. And it was built with cast and push. Mm-hmm. which is basically launching the bridge yep. from the south to the north. So who designed each of these bridges? Uh, Crouch and Hogg did uh, the Cromarty Bridge. Uh, Dornock Bridge it was, I think, a bit of a joint joint venture. Dornock mm-hmm. Bridge was Crouch and Hogg, but it was built by Christian Sani and Nelson, oh, Morrison, right. Sir yep. Alexander Gibb, and Tony G, partners. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. It so yeah, was so a big collection, yeah. And what's the opening dates for each of those? So the Cromarty Bridge opened in uh, the 12th of... 12th of April 1979 and it was built by Fairclough and Dornock Bridge was opened on the 29th of August, 27th of August 1991 and it was opened by the Queen Mother.
0: Oh, it was 1991. So that, it right, took a little bit of time so but the there thought. were
2: other sections approaching uh, Dornock Bridge took a little bit longer. Right. Right. And there was a bit of political sort of interference and things so like that. So was that building. basically
0: straightening out the original that road? That was straightening and it out, right. yeah. Bypassing it. Taking away bends yeah. and things like that. Okay.
1: Um, yeah. What about these hairpin bends that have recently been been sorted.
2: Yes, well if you go north of Dornach, the road has not been upgraded to the sixty mile an hour road, so there mm. are a couple of um dodgy sections. Right. The the, the notorious one was Betterdale Braze. Right. Which was uh, a steep thirteen percent down mm-hmm. over a bridge and then steep up round a hairpin and back up again. An actual hairpin
1: like an actually a hairpin, hairpin, hairpin.
2: one eighty degree turn. Now this <laughs> became notorious not really for accidents, although it did have incidents on it but it was for trucks run turning trucks. around. Yeah. yeah. So they have recently, very recently, straightened. Well, have straightened it out by making the curve much longer. Yeah. Mm. Keeping the gradient, but it is much better. I drove on it not too long ago, and it is fantastic.
0: Yeah. yeah. How how far north of Inverness is, is Berrydale Bridge roughly? About 60, 70 miles. Right. So it's a fair, This is north for <laughs> yeah. I me. Mean, you is, can't yeah. just nip up
1: there. No, yeah. <laughs> I know it's just a problem.
0: Yeah. yeah. It yeah. took a bit of time. I, I, that will probably have a, a major improvement. Oh, certainly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so from there, really, the A9 just
2: continues and it stops at Thurso. is that right? It goes through Thurzal and Thurzal and stops at Scrabster Harbour, which is about a mile north of it, at yeah. a mini roundabout at the harbour.
0: Okay. And, and it originally continued as far as John O'Groats? As far
2: as John O'Groats, yes, but it was trunked to Thurso. Yeah. So it was the A8 something or other that went to Thurso, And then in 1996, yeah. they moved it. Part so of the trunk road yeah.
0: reviews. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, listen, there's been so much to take in. Duncan, it's been yeah, absolutely it's fascinating it's huge, it could
1: easily be a part 3 um, yeah, this, I, know, I think yeah. we're
0: definitely going to have a follow up on this, I think we'll have you back next year Excellent. and we'll have an update, we'll discuss your updated research and anything else you've learned we'll talk about the process of the dueling by that stage exactly. as well, see where we are because we haven't really scratched that so, yeah. yeah, there's a lot going on in the A9 so I think we'll make this a regular thing, we'll have you back again, and even to discuss some other issues as well uh, so thanks very much again for that if anybody has any questions about the a9 and um, following mm-hmm. these podcasts please send them to us uh, we'll get duncan to answer them for you there's no doubt yep. a lot there and crucially if you're out there and you have any information on the a9 that you would like to share with us and, and duncan please let us know send it in to us we, maybe you've worked uh, on the yeah. same and, and, and got really...
2: pictures or booklets anything yep. like
0: that exactly it would be really good Excellent. to hear from you so duncan thank you very much for the long journey yeah, to come no, thank and you for having
2: me. record both of these
0: parts <laughs> happy really to appreciate do the A9 that. again yes, yes definitely we'll Good. have you back in the meantime thanks very much for listening to the Glasgow Motorway Archive podcast as we always say all of our episodes can be found in the usual places that's Apple Spotify uh, Podbean and all other major podcast hosts
1: yeah that's right Stuart and as I always say make sure you visit Facebook Twitter and Instagram get the daily fix of Glasgow Motorway Archive media yep
0: not enough people reviewing us on Apple podcast so if you're listening to this on Apple and you like it give gives a review even if it's just the stars you don't need to type any text it's a, mm-hmm. a good way of getting us recognised um, we hope you enjoyed the Doors Open Days event if you listened to that on the 19th of September Um, It was it was very enjoyable, very strange doing online for a change rather than in the flesh. But hopefully next year we'll be we'll be back to normal. And if there's any more events coming up, we'll be sure to let you know. Keep an eye open for our calendar for 2021 that will be appearing very soon. Mm -hmm. And we will also be revealing our new website in the the coming month or two as well.
1: Yeah, the fun never stops. There's
0: plenty (laughs) on the go. So thanks very much, and we will see you very soon. Okay, bye bye.